Hi, it's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at TheZone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm communicating. Trying to, anyway. Welcome in. Here we go. Hour number two of the show. Off and running with you on this Monday. Reaction Monday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. So, how about that NFL draft, huh? Did you watch? Tell the truth. Football in America is a special game. A unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Ah, yes. The league where they play for pay. They used to be the only one. Sort of. Alright, so let's take a look at the draft. I'm going to start you off. Charles Cross goes in the top ten. He was at number nine to the Seahawks. He did not go to the Giants earlier in the draft. Uh, they used two picks, and one of them was the offensive tackle. It was just um, Neal, Evan Neal out of Alabama. Cross goes at number nine to the Seahawks. They've got some big holes. They're sort of in rebuild, and offensive tackle is one of them. Seems like a good fit, right? Goes in there, rookie year. They don't know who QB is. They'll figure that out and maybe draft one next year. And Denzel said so much in a text to me just a minute ago. White Denzel himself says, I thought the Seahawks had a fantastic draft. They got offensive line help, running back help, corner help. All three positions they needed badly, and I think they know they're going to be bad next year. It might be bad enough for a top five pick next year. And if they are, they will get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young and be back to contending again. Makes a whole lot of sense right there. I I agree with that. You know, you can see those moves. That's a smart thing, right? This was not a quarterback draft, at least in terms of, you know, first-round stuff. And um, what's interesting about it is how wrong the draft analysts and the mock drafts got the quarterback thing. They were all projecting the Steelers to take a quarterback. It was just Malik Willis out of Liberty. And the Steelers took a quarterback. It just wasn't Malik Willis. It was Kenny Pickett from Pitt. And Willis and Corral both fall a long ways in the draft. And it just shows you this was just one of those years where the draft analysts and the media out there, it's just like we talked about. Um, you know, if, you, if you've been listening, if you're a regular listener, you may remember that day that I sort of had a rant and it was not against Malik Willis at all, at all. He may turn out to be a fantastic NFL player. It's just the, the downright irresponsible uh, – coverage and reporting on his pro day and people trying to make him into something that he wasn't because they are used to every year just going on and on and on and on about first round quarterbacks well this was a year where the quarterbacks were by no means the best players in the draft not even really close 
as compared to these guys who, who did go early. They just play different positions. And a lot of your media people out there didn't know how to handle that. They just couldn't handle it. And, and it's just um, – it's not a knock. I mean, you know, you look at these guys. They still got drafted. Okay? High in the first three rounds, guys like Corral and Willis still get drafted. I mean, that's a heck of an accomplishment, a chance to go be a starter. I mean, Prescott was a fourth-rounder. And and for Pete's sake, Brady was a sixth. And I know that's the – the one exception everybody always points to. But uh, you don't have to be a first-rounder to be a starter and have a lot of success in the NFL. You need to go to the right situation. And the way that you have a right situation is teams like Seattle build it from the ground up and build it from the inside out. You draft that offensive tackle, that first pick. And they didn't take a quarterback, two you know, back-to-back picks there in the second round. They went other stuff they needed. So just saying. All right, so for Mississippi State, two players drafted out of Starkville. You know, it was a team that on senior day this year, State had like eight guys out there. <laughs> it was just such a young team. And they only have two players drafted, and they're underclassmen. Neither are seniors. Uh, Charles Cross, the ninth pick overall to Seattle. And then, of course, uh, in the third round, the Browns took Martin Emerson the corner, 6-2-200. That was Cleveland's first pick in this draft. They did not have a first or second round pick. They had a third round pick, and that was their first one of the draft. They used it on Martin Emerson. So two Mississippi State players drafted uh, in the draft. Ole Miss had either six or seven players uh, drafted. They didn't have any first round. One, two, three, four, five. They had six players drafted. Uh, Not in the first round, but in the second round, the Cowboys took Sam Williams, a defensive end, who I felt like was underrated all year long. Talked about it here on the show. Um, now, some of the people out there who are defensive line specialists watch his tape and they t- they say he was not very good against the run. He's just a pass rusher. I, I couldn't disagree more. And, and look, I'm a radio guy now and, and the former player. I'm not a current scout or coach, and so maybe I'm the one that's an idiot. I'm just telling you, I watched him. And and for anybody that says, well, he wasn't that great against the run, he's just a pass rusher, I can pull out any number of plays you want to watch to make an example to you that he's very good against the run. And I thought it was a very underrated pick. I was, you know, he was – there's no question – that he was the next best pass rusher, or at least in that group of the next best SEC pass rusher this year behind Will Anderson at Alabama. You go behind Will Anderson and right there, Sam Williams, and he showed it down the stretch for them. So that was a, a, a good pick with the 56th overall there in the second round, Williams to the Cowboys. And then you get to the third round, and there goes Corral, 94th pick overall. And third round, he's going to Carolina. You know, so he didn't go first. He didn't go second. Um, What's the deal? He still got a chance to go in there and win uh, the job. And we'll take a look in a minute at the situation around him. Other players for Ole Miss, the third player off the board for them in the fifth round, Snoop Connor drafted by the Jaguars. So a Mississippi kid. In the sixth round, the Titans took Chance Campbell, uh, linebacker, Ole Miss, and you could definitely see that. He definitely looked like a uh, an NFL player. They're going to give him a chance to make the team as a sixth-round pick. And then two seventh-round picks out of Ole Miss, 
The Steelers took Mark Robinson in the seventh. And uh, the Chargers took Leonard the corner in the uh, little later in the seventh round. So six players out of Ole Miss. You know, a veteran team, a good team, a 10-win team, Sugar Bowl team. Yeah. Who else we got? Who else we need to take a look at? Let's look here. Okay, Jackson State had one player taken in the sixth round. Uh, out of Jackson State, the Lions took James Houston, linebacker. 6'1", uh, 225. Does Southern Miss have anybody drafted? I didn't see any on social media that I recognized, or did I overlook it? No, they didn't have anybody drafted this year at Southern Miss. Uh, okay, so just a quick look or, you know, around at some of the other. Now, um, teams. Here's a couple of things I want to point out to you. And I'd love to know what you think. Feel free to, um, you know, hit me up. Let's look at the Saints draft. What did New Orleans do? They go into the draft. They need offensive tackle. We knew that. They need wide receiver. We knew that. All the projections showed them doing that uh, some in some variation in their first couple of rounds. Maybe pass rusher also. And to me... I, you know, other than maybe not taking one of those quarterbacks with that second round pick, that was kind of the head scratcher, don't you think? I mean, Jameis Winston's there. I guess, look, it's just the Saints doing what everybody else was doing in this draft. It seemed not everybody, but it seemed like most teams were doing in this draft, and that is, uh, we will wait till next year on quarterbacks. That's just what a lot of these teams apparently went into the draft. That was their evaluation. We're just going to wait till next year, see what happens next year. But outside of that, I like what the Saints did. I mean, doing what was projected and getting a lobby who can absolutely burn in the first round with the 11th pick. And then later in the first round, they get Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa, who a lot of people were very high on. He's not the pass blocker maybe that Cross is right now. Maybe not the athlete overall that Evan Neal is. Maybe not quite the same type of road-grading run blocker that Aquanu is that went early. But he was, hands down, unanimously the fourth-best offensive tackle in the country, and they go get him. That's a good pick, you know. They went safety in the second round with Taylor out of Tennessee, who I guess maybe played some corner in college. And then a couple of late picks in the fifth, they go with a linebacker out of App State, and in the sixth, defensive tackle out of Air Force. So their first two picks in the first round, those are both offense. And then everything else that the Saints did in the draft was defense. Safety, linebacker, defensive tackle. They only had five picks uh, overall. Here's another one I want to point to that I think maybe sort of underratedly uh, had a great draft. And it's sort of, you know, it's you're looking at these draft situations, but you're also – you consider some of the other off-the-field like moves, off-season stuff. That's the Tennessee Titans. All right, so we know they're a playoff team last year. And in the, if you go back and watch them last year, they were at times fairly dominant on defense. And what they lacked was the maybe the consistent quarterback play. Tannehill's good, and like the NFL's tough, but in that crucial spot playing against Cincinnati and that home – 
playoff game. It's they just forced Tannehill into these terrible mistakes. That's the only reason they don't advance past uh, past Cincinnati. They, in every other way, they kind of looked like a better team than Cincinnati. Certainly, what they have like they sacked Burrow like nine times in the game and still lost it. But here's what the Titans did. You you I, you got to hand it to them. Just before the draft, they trade A.J. Brown to Philadelphia and then go do what? In the first round, they drafted, with the 18th pick in the first round, they draft Traylon Burks, a receiver out of Arkansas. And let me just tell you, <laughs> I, I was singing his praises last week. You may remember that. Of all the guys that we played against this year at State, that I'm seeing all these teams in person doing the radio thing, he is... Um, he just jumped off the field. I'm just talking, he really stood out as just almost on a different level all by himself. I'm singing his praises. There were you know, projections last week that we talked about. Draft projections showed him going to Green Bay. And you're thinking about a guy like that who's sort of like a bigger Debo Samuel going and playing with Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? Well, Instead, Tennessee goes and gets him after trading A.J. Brown and go get Traylon Burks in the first round. I love it. Then, early in the second round, they come back and take Roger McCreary, the corner out of Auburn, who a lot of people throughout the year projected him as a first-round type of talent. They get him with a second-round pick. So go receiver corner with their first two picks. Third round, they go get an offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And then later in the third round, they get Malik Willis, who fell into their lap. And now you're going to have a third-round quarterback who's very motivated because he fell, who is talented, and he's going to light up the competition with Tannehill in preseason camp and maybe make the whole position and whole team better. They get the running back out of Michigan. And and then, you know, late-round picks. Okay, so they get a tight end. In the fifth round, they get a receiver out of UCLA. And in the sixth round, a safety out of Tennessee and the linebacker, Chance Campbell from Ole Miss. I love what Tennessee did. Um, to go along with what they have already built, which is, man, it's a good-looking football team already. I liked it. More on a couple of teams. We've got plenty of time. Right now I'm going to go over to Boomer Sooner, who's hanging on line one of the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Boomer? How are you today, Mr. White? Just right. Question, question for you. At what point does the media draw the line? I mean, what was in the uh, Adam Schefter coming out with these stories or accusations or uh, I don't know what's true uh, regarding Matt Corral. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not as a uh, an old Miss homer or nothing, so I'm not – I'm as defended as a human being. Okay. I mean, well, really, well, is that well, really well, fill me what, in. He, what all he said? Fill me in because fill I in. missed it, Boomer. Well, he came out and and they were asked, talking about why did he drop to the third round? Mm. And Schefter said that there were stories of uh, alcohol abuse, of unpreparedness. Uh, I mean, it had, uh, mental. Uh, it, the kid, you know, had mi- admitted that he had battled depression, and so Schefter brought that up. Mm. That, and uh, was that really all necessary? That uh, I mean. <laughs> From, from from what I've seen and heard about the kid for the last two years, he's been a model teammate and, and uh, leader of the team. 
maybe he's, he's, you know, at 18 when he got to campus, he was probably like a lot of 18 year olds and a little, had a, had a little chip on his shoulder and ego and, and got carried away with some of the partying and doing the, some of the things that, that 18 and 19 year old kids do. But it looked like for the last two years, he's been, uh, front and center as yeah. far as leadership and obviously his ability is. And I don't know why he dropped for the third round. I don't. It don't really matter, uh, other than it cost him a lot of money. But, yeah. but he's still going to have the, the same opportunity to go in and win a job. So, and he and went to a situation that's struggling with quarterback. So he he, he certainly got a better chance to win a job than than some of the others do. But uh, right. I, I just didn't understand why they they thought that was important to bring out. Uh, mm-hmm. The mental illness, or, men, or what they keep classified as the mental, you know, the bouts with depression and yeah. and and those sorts of things. Don't understand that. Yeah, it, it's almost like um, if that was the case, okay, and you're going to talk about it publicly. And again, I missed it, but if but I'm just looking on the outside based on your comments. My reaction is okay. If that's the case, and you're going to talk about it publicly after the draft, why didn't you talk about it pub- publicly before? If you had that information, well, yeah, you know? I mean. How, how many analysts and how many of these so-called experts and 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 draft gurus had him going in the first round? Darn near all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. And now you uh, act like you I had some I, sort of information, and you know, and you're right. Okay, to throw those, I would say in any situation, even if it's if you're trying your best to give an honest answer, if you're Schefter. That kind of stuff, if you don't have some real hard evidence that you're willing to produce, you don't need to be bringing that up. I, I agree with you. Um, there's no point in Yeah, I mean, no it, comment. It's okay. Or, or I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody. Or, or well, I, you know, I'm sure teams have their reasons for passing on him or, yeah, or whatever. I, just, I don't believe you know, it. Here's a, I agree, Boomer, sooner. And look, I, I agree with you. And, and I would say that. I would even myself personally right now, I, I'm willing to step out here on this limb and tell you, I'm almost certain, I'd be willing to guarantee you that a bunch of those teams, they didn't drop him because of some idea of alcohol abuse. And they didn't drop him because he mentioned he'd battled depression. And I guarantee, I, I just guarantee you most of those teams had nothing to do with it. it. It's all about, okay, he's 6'2", maybe 200 pounds. Okay, he's already been hurt some, and he has to go to the NFL and overcome um, playing in an offense in college that has a lot of RPO reads and put him on the run a bunch, but it has a lot of RPO reads that are one, one defender reads, whereas in the NFL they're going to ask you to do a lot of other stuff, and you didn't have as many snaps on tape of that. And so teams are like, well, we need to see it first. Um, that's, I would feel certain that's what it is. Well, and, and I always felt like he, he I didn't think he was would go in the first round because I felt like he tried to play the game like Josh Allen, but he doesn't have the physical attributes as a Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, he, he he's not somebody that's going to be able to, I mean, at 200 pounds, he can't take the punishment that Josh Allen can at 240 or 250. Yeah. He, Josh Allen's 6'4 or 6'5 and 250. Mm-hmm. The kid's not going to, that ain't going to, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. But, so I agree. With, yeah, they, they, maybe they didn't have the tapes or the, the the evidence that he could he could be that, but to, to bring that stuff up and like that's not as a 
I'm not talking about him as a kid. He's twenty something years old and, and a grown man now. Why do you? Why we? Why does the media think they have to do that stuff? Yeah. Well, I don't you know. know. I don't understand. Well, and and the other thing is um, to do it anonymously. You know, we're going to quote anonymous coaches or evaluators, whatever. You know, they're they're free to do their job. I'm just telling you. You know, um, I got sense enough to think for myself. You do too. I'm looking at it. One thing I know is um, if NFL teams and evaluators dropped two or three rounds in the draft, everybody that they thought abused alcohol some in their college days, then a lot of people would drop. Um, and then the other thing, you know, the other stuff, and, and you know, the, the guy was a quarterback, a starting quarterback for a whole year in the SEC and led a team to 10 wins into the Sugar Bowl and never got in trouble not one single time. Not once. You know? People can say what they want. I mean, so that's not why they dropped him. It's all a bunch of hot air. The reason he dropped is because it was a year where they doubted all the quarterbacks. They didn't think it was a quarterback year. If Matt Corral was 6'5", 225, he'd have gone in the first round. That's what I think. Appreciate the call, Boomer Sooner. Great to hear from you. The little things. And he's got a chance to go win the job. He'll compete with Sam Darnold and get a chance to prove them all wrong. Same thing with Malik Willis in, in uh, at Tennessee. Motivated, a chance to go prove them all wrong. See what you see what you can do. <laughs> Try it out. Yeah, you know, it's okay to have honest reporting. I, I don't I just tell y'all, look, there's a reason that on Twitter I follow like seven or eight people and they're all pretty much family. Okay? There's a reason I didn't watch the draft covers. I don't need to see what Schefter or anybody else says about it. I just don't need it. It's it's no effect on me whatsoever. I'd encourage you to do the same stuff. Stick around. Sports talk. I'm talking way back. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right. Back with you. So, it turns out, yeah, I missed some of this. Just being honest. I'm gonna, I got no reason to come in here and make you pretend I had my thumb on everything that was said in the draft. I, I didn't watch the coverage because most of the coverage I tried to watch leading up to that first round the other night was just complete juvenile mush. And I couldn't take it. And so I tracked the picks as they came through on my phone. We were busy doing other family stuff, too. And the pick would come through. I'd see it, you know. Um, <clears throat> had notifications for State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Jackson State, and the other SEC teams. So when a pick came through, I'd see it, that kind of thing. And, of course, Matt Corral, he doesn't go first or second. He goes in the third round to the Panthers. Boomer Sooner called just a minute ago, alerted me, and he was saying Schefter, but as it turns out, Jason and Flagstaff is helping me out. He's listening uh, online today out in Arizona, and he texted the show, Country Please, and text line to tell me that it was actually Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, who apparently uh, there was an uproar in his on-air analysis as to why Matt Corral dropped. Okay, so this is going back to the 29th. Uh, Ian Rappaport's account tweeted it. It says, from our NFL draft coverage, the Panthers traded back into the third round and took Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. 
They viewed his film as the best of all quarterbacks, but there was a lot more to sort through. Here's what he said on that particular video. First of all, Rich, it means that the Baker Mayfield talks with the Cleveland Browns have stalled. And the Carolina Panthers, football-wise, thought Matt Corral had the best film, hands down. But this is about a lot more than that. There's a lot of work required here to make sure they are comfortable off the field with the person dealt with a multitude of issues including alcohol and related issues he admitted publicly to battling depression he has had unreliable behavior off the field and he really really struggled in some interviews with teams that said the talent is enough to make the carolina panthers take a shot with corral here wow. so yeah i mean that's what he said thanks for sending me that that was the tweet for me and Rappaport that had the link in there as to why he would you know drop to the third round and caught a lot of criticism for it, apparently, um, in the comments from that. You can read through some of the comments. Just another reason you need to be really, really protective yourself of your own attention. You don't, you don't have many things in your life that you have total control of that are more valuable than your attention. And I know I'm preachy here, but it really is true if you, can, if you think about it. Why would companies spend tens of millions of dollars for one 30-second commercial to air during the Super Bowl on television? Well, it's because your attention is that valuable. <laughs> Yours and everybody else's, okay? So you got to – it's precious, man. People are after it, right? So be really, really particular who you give your attention to. That would be my – best advice and when you look at the comments under a tweet like that with a video like that for me and Rappaport it's another great example of what's out there the kind of folks that are out there so okay based on that this is what I would say is after he's drafted and I know you're trying to do your job and and if you're Ian Rappaport you don't know anybody really anything other than to do your job there um, I just don't know that I just don't know that it really serves much of a purpose. You throw alcohol in there, and if you got really good, if, if that's what your reliable sources have told you, then, uh, uh, you know, that's him. You probably could have said, you know, that teams are just checking into off-field stuff. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. There's, I guess, a reason I'm not in that job. But, um, yeah, I mean, regardless, still, the kid, they, they, they trade up to go get him, and... There comes a point, whether it's you're angry that someone, you know, said those are the reasons he dropped or whatever. If you're Matt Corral, so what? If it's in the past, it's in the past. Leave it there. Go forward. Go win the job. To heck with the rest of it. I mean, because ultimately, as a football player, you're just not accountable to a media person. You're not really accountable to fans. You're accountable to your teammates, your coaches, and yourself. One, two, three. Teammates, one, coaches, two, yourself, three. There you are. That's it. You're accountable to them. That's it. Period. The end. And so go do right. Go win a job and play well. You know, be a good teammate. Leave all that stuff behind you and don't let it bother you. That would be my advice if, if indeed it's, it's all in the past. Thanks for sending that, Jason. I had not seen it. A couple of other draft nuggets. I mentioned to you what the Saints did. It looks good. You know, and everybody's going on and on about the Jets. Remember how we talked about how the Jets 
had always had these laughable mistakes and were being made fun of, and he just never could seem to get out of the basement anywhere and all those kinds of things. Um, they had three first-round picks, a second, a third, and two-fourths, and had what a lot of people are saying was a very, very good draft. And, and you know, if they can put an organization around a few drafts like this, they take a quarterback last year. But this year, three first-round picks, they get Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati, with the fourth overall pick, who people just rave about that guy. With the 10th pick, they got Garrett Wilson, the receiver from Ohio State, who is an animal. And with the 26th pick, they got Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end out of Florida State, who a lot of people had him going maybe is, you know in the top 15 picks. Second round, they get Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. Third round, they get a tight end from Ohio State. Fourth round picks, two of them, they get an offensive tackle from Louisiana, ULL. And then the defensive end out of Texas A&M, Michael Clemens. So the yeah, Jets appear to have a good draft, at least according to you know some people. We'll see. But the first round looks good. They had three first-round picks. Hard to mess that up, you would think. So we'll see how that looks. I'll tell you another one that I thought, you know, you just glance at what they did. People are talking about Atlanta. Atlanta appeared to have a good draft. And that's, uh, you know, it means something certainly to Saints fans. But I thought the Steelers did well. We look at what they did. They go in with the first pick uh, that they have in a first round there, the 20th pick. They took the quarterback, Kenny Pickett, from Pitt. And then in the second round, get George Pickens, a receiver out of Georgia. So you went QB and receiver. Third round, they go defensive end um, from Texas A&M. And fourth round, they get Calvin Austin from Memphis, another receiver who can absolutely fly. So Pickens, they get, in terms of offensive weapons, they get George Pickens, the big receiver out of Georgia. has been hurt, but if he stays healthy, he's an animal. And then Calvin Austin, who can just absolutely fly out of Memphis there in the fourth round. It seems to be uh, you know, some value there. Later on in the seventh round, they get the linebacker out of Ole Miss, Mark Robinson, and took a QB late from South Dakota State and let him compete and see what happens. But I thought uh, that just has all the right looks to me. And I know that it's offense heavy, but they needed that. All right. Uh, the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, our friend Louvier on line one. Hey, Louvier, what's up? Well, good afternoon, gentlemen, and go Saints. I am uh, a little perplexed with the uproar about what uh, the analyst said about the former Ole Miss quarterback. Uh, is it Ole Miss folks that are up in arms about what he said? Yes. Which was probably true. Yep. Well, that's hey, right. Ole Miss fans. Here's a little uh, little memo for you. He's not on your team anymore. Unless you're a Carolina Panther fan. Hey, Louvier, we're losing you there for a minute. kind of sounds like you went underwater. You, you back with us? Uh-oh. Yeah, well, I'm okay. here, I hope. Okay, so I'm you said underwater. you said he if you're a Carolina Panther fan, and then we kind of lost you. So pick it back up right but, there. Well, if you're a Panther fan, then it matters because now he's talking about a guy on your team. But if you're an Ole Miss fan, it doesn't matter. He's not on your team. As soon as Dak Prescott put a star on his head, well, good riddance, dude. I don't wish you good luck. I hate the team you play for, and therefore, I don't like you. You play for the Panthers, Matt Corral. I don't like the Panthers. <laughs> Therefore, I don't like you. 
it, I mean, I, I don't understand wishing a guy well because he used to play for your team. He used to play for your team. That means nothing now. Anyway, I just don't understand. I guess it's being a college football fan first and then a pro football fan. You kind of follow your player, which is nonsensical to me. Pick a pro team and, and cheer for the name on the front of the jersey. Yay, go Saints. Not yay, go dude on the Saints who leaves my Saints and goes to another team. Once you leave my team, you're dead to me. That's it. Anyway, <laughs> just saying. Love your show. Go Saints. <laughs> Thanks, Olivier. Go Saints to you. Once you're not on my team anymore, good riddance. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Uh, Roshana on the uh, Country Pleasing text line says, I'm excited for my Steelers. I bet you are. I, I thought it would look good uh, for them. Cowboys fans, how'd it look for you? Cowboys had a whole bunch of draft picks now. I mean, they had a bunch of draft picks. What they have? Nine draft picks, including four in the fifth round. So in the first round, they go with an offensive lineman, tackle guard out of Tulsa, needed offensive line, and you like that if you're a Dak fan. Their, their second-round pick was Sam Williams out of Ole Miss, a pass rusher who I think is fantastic second-round value. Third-round receiver Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. They got a tight end out of Wisconsin. And in the fifth round, drafted an offensive tackle from North Dakota, a corner from Fresno, a linebacker from LSU, a defensive tackle from Arkansas, and the sixth round got a linebacker from Oklahoma State. So bring them all into camp and see what happens. And those early round pick guys, it'll be okay. Including, you know, you add a starting piece on your offensive line. And I think Dallas definitely needed that. All right, so we got some time left. Shoot me your thoughts on the country, please, and text line. We'll get to those. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Caliber Sports Talk. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Yeah, Jason texted the show and he said, um, he said, Ole Miss homers as usual playing the victim. Dude reported what the team that drafted Corral said about their concerns. They still traded up to get him. Homers like a bunch of old women complaining just to have something to talk about. (laughs) That's from Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah, trade up, get him in the third round. Heck of a deal for them. Gets a chance to compete for the job against Sam Darnold. I would think he's got a good chance to win that job. Wouldn't you? Um, And, you know, regardless of what it is uh, in the past, that's where it is. Leave it there um, and do the right things going forward. Uh, Brad tweeted me a little bit ago, and he said, what was your biggest surprise in the draft? Mine was N'Kobe Dean going 83rd. Uh, mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, it's tough on linebackers. I mean, it really is. He's he's a big-time player. You know, like, there's just there's no question about it. He is a he is a big-time player. Okay, he was a great player in college. Big-time athlete. Super smart. Right, but let's let's look at some things here real quick. Okay, so 
if I go through the positions, first of all, let's look at the positions that are drafted in the first round. So we're talking about premium stuff, and we know what that is. Well, obviously when it's a quarterback year, but defensive tackle, pass rusher, offensive tackle, corner. You know I mean, like in some order, year to year. And what went? Number one, defensive lineman. Number two, defensive line, edge rusher. Number three, corner. Number four, corner. Number five, edge. Number six, offensive tackle. Number seven, offensive tackle. There's a receiver at number eight. Then at number nine, what? Offensive tackle. A couple of receivers. Okay, it's a throwing league. Three, two, three, four. Then we get down to number 13, D-line. 15, offensive line. 17, offensive line. Bunch of receivers mixed in there. 19, O-line. There's a quarterback at 20, just in front of a corner at number 21. you got to go all the way to the 22nd pick to find a team that drafted a linebacker. Green Bay took a linebacker at number 22. You get to the 22nd pick before a linebacker comes off the board. We're almost done with the first round. And the linebacker that went is from the same Georgia team that Kobe Dean played for, but Quay Walker is 6'4", 240 pounds. Okay, he's as big as some of the edge rushers. Okay, that are being drafted. That's how huge this inside linebacker is. Anyway, we go corner at 23, tackle at 24, another tackle at 25, edge rusher 26. Okay, here's another linebacker at number 27. Okay, so now we've got two linebackers in the first round. The second one off the board at pick number 27 at Jacksonville, Devin Lloyd from Utah, 6'3", 232 pounds. See, so that's the thing about it is it's just that position. So it was in pick number 83. I mean, N'Kobe Dean, they list him at six feet tall. And maybe he is with cleats on. You know, he's like six feet, 220 pounds. He's a really – Compared to a lot of NFL linebackers, he's a really small NFL guy. I just, there it is. You know, people can say what they want about size, but people light up regarding size. Okay, everybody makes this comparison about Matt Corral. You go, he falls in third round, and they're coming up with these off the field reasons and all this kind of stuff, but his tape was great. And all that. Okay, well, they, they may list him at six. What do you go to the con? He was 6'1 at the combine, or was he 6'2? Or was he. Not quite six two, and weighs about two hundred pounds. If he was six foot five and a half, two hundred and fifty pounds, instead of comparing him to Josh Allen and saying the reason that he's not Josh Allen is because Josh Allen's humongous, then they'd be drafting Corral in the first round, and it'd be all because of size and stats, and everything would be the same. There it is. All right. Chris, hanging on the line. What's up, Chris? Thanks for calling. Hey, Matt. Uh, long-time listener. I've called a couple times. Uh, I think I've told you I'm an Ole Miss fan, but my daughter's in her third year at State, so uh-huh. I'm a true house divided, kind of like yours. <laughs> and um, uh, when it comes to the Matt Corral thing, um, I think the biggest thing is, as an Ole Miss fan, we, you know, we see the things where yeah, I agree with Louvier. You know, he's on a different team. And, yes, I'm a true Saints fan going back to Archie days. But 
you know, if you go into uh, Scott Field or, in the, or the Lodge and you go to the vault in Rebel Red, guess what? You're seeing number 15 jerseys and you're seeing number 10 jerseys mm-hmm. all over that place. Yeah. So people still, I mean, they're still the, the kids that are still playing for the school and representing the school. Mm-hmm. And the last I checked, Laramie Tunsil still represented Ole Miss on draft day, and we saw what happened to us then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it can go either ways, can it? It certainly can. Well, so, and and, me, and Chris, I'm a little bit more like you. I, to be honest, okay, I'm diff- I differ because the reality is, I was such a huge Dak fan in college. You know, just watching him play and getting to know him just a little bit. You know, covering the team, but watching him play and just pulling for the guy. You know, and then he goes to the Cowboys, which was so exciting. And I had never, ever cared one lick about the Cowboys. Not at all. Not unless they were playing the Chiefs. Otherwise, I didn't care about the Cowboys. As soon as Dak went, I don't know what I've missed a single game <laughs> that the Cowboys have played because I pull for him and I want to see him succeed, you know, and uh, have sort of become this quasi-Cowboys fan because I'm always pulling for Dak. That's me. Um, and even and it's not like Dak and I are close. It's not like we're exchanging text messages just because he played quarterback at State, you know. So I'm like you. I can see it through that lens, certainly. And you're exactly right. I mean, for for the foreseeable future, there will be a big Dak Prescott facade on the outside of Davis Wade Stadium, you know, just like there is right now. Absolutely. Yep. Good stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your call. Uh, H-Day actually disagreed with Olivier, too. He texted in earlier. He said, Olivier is as short-sighted and heartless as a bug on my windshield. <laughs> He said, I am not a Cowboy fan, but I love Dak, so I pull for him. Uh, I'm no backstabber. That was from H-Day earlier on the uh, the text line. But really and truly, y'all, here's the thing about it. Okay. If, if a guy like Ian Rappaport has straight from the horse's mouth information from the team that drafted Corral that there was some stuff that they were working through okay or some other teams and that's why they passed on him okay you know he reports all that it's not like I I, I don't what I heard from him really was rather innocuous it's just that I would go okay after he's drafted I don't really know what's the point in bringing it all up but it ain't like it has an effect on me either way. You know, I'm happy for the kid. He's getting a shot in the third round with Carolina. He's got a chance to go win the starting job. That's my thing. To kind of get bent out of shape about it, I don't really understand that. And then when we get away from all that drama, don't you agree with me? They can say whatever they want to about off the field this or something they were checking into there. All they want to. But if Matt Corral, with the same exact stats, the same exact touchdown to interception, running the same exact – all things being exactly the same, 10 wins, go lose to Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, get hurt, all things being exactly the same. But if Matt Corral did all that and was 6'5", 240 pounds, you think he falls to that pick? Seriously. I'm not trying to trivialize the, the NFL evaluators either. I bet he doesn't slide to where he slid to if he were four inches taller and about 30 pounds heavier. Really? I'd love to know if you disagree, but I bet you don't. 
It's the way that kind of stuff works sometimes. Fair? Is it fair? Fair? One coach I know says, tells his players, I don't care about fair. The fair only comes to town once a year. Fair does not matter. Who cares what's fair? He's getting a shot. I mean, and what else? If you're if if you are Matt Corral, if you're in his shoes, what else can you ask for? Who cares what they report about you? It's your job to put it in the past anyway. So, your draft, they, a team goes up to get you in the third round. You appreciate that. You're now all in on them, and you got to beat out one guy, and you're a starting quarterback of one of 32 teams in the NFL. And they're going to pay you, you know, in the meantime while you try to do it. Well, what else do you want? Okay, really? What what other kind of opportunity do you need? You can only play for one team anyway. So there it is. Hey, you will hear about this probably tonight and tomorrow. I'm just giving you a heads up. There's a golf event going on in Georgia. I think it's actually happening tomorrow. It's the Peach Bowl, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl Challenge. They will raise over $300,000 for charity. Here are the pairings, former coaches and some current coaches. Uh, team number one, Dino Babers of Syracuse and Chan Gailey, the former Georgia Tech coach. Team number two, Shane Beamer of South Carolina paired with Steve Spurrier. Team number three, Frank Beamer, former Vatech coach, paired with Dave Doran, the NC State coach. Team number four, Mike Cavan of SMU, Tom O'Brien, Boston College, NC State. Team number five, Mark D'Antonio, the retired D'Antonio from Michigan State, and Jim Grove. Team number six, Randy Edsel and Houston Nutt. Team seven, Bobby Johnson and Scott Satterfield. He's the current coach at Louisville. Team eight, Paul Johnson and Jeff Munkin. Team number nine, UCF coach Chip Lindsey and Dan Mullen, the former Mississippi State and Florida coach. You also have Pat Narduzzi of Pitt and Rick Newhouse, the former UCLA coach playing, and Kirby Smart, National Championship coach at Georgia is paired with Tommy Tuberville, Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, and he's now, what is he, a representative or what is he? Senator. Senator, okay, one of those up there in, in D.C. So that's your golf charity event at the Peach Bowl thing. And he, it, they paired them up today. They're going to play tomorrow, and I'll get you some results. Who wins that thing? For all of us here, we'll see you tomorrow. See you.